<laughs> Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is a father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. That was a shitty beer crack way off timing, but hey, that's okay. We'll get her next time. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How we doing, folks? How you doing? How's that to poops? Lackluster. I mean, <laughs> it's lackluster, honestly. That's why I keep looking at it, wondering why it doesn't taste as good as I want it to. First off, foremost, we apologize for being a day late on the uh, start. Uh, what starts of the, the week? The matchups. The matchups <laughs> episode. Uh, it's Trey's fault. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we to throw him under the bus. Technical difficulties, but yeah, technical difficulties. <laughs> Tra- Don't use Apple products. Technical difficulties. Um. So, anyways, but we're here. We got. We're gonna do the rest of the games. Um. So yeah, let's get right into some major news. First and foremost, major news. <laughs> uh the. <laughs> The Miami Dolphins, Houston Texans quarterback situation is sort of uh, was getting spicy. Now it's kind of dwindling. Um, it sounds like it might be rumors. There's been tweets from beat re- uh, beat <laughs> beat writers that um, are claiming that it might all be rumors, or at least that's what their sources are saying that are close to the team. So who really knows at this point? I mean, um, I think when we looked last night, Deshaun Watson was like 18% owned in Sleeper. So um, not sure about the other platforms, but if wherever you're at, I mean, I guess pick them up and see what happens. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, you kind of just have to. On Sleeper, he has raised to 33% oh, in wow. one day. In one night. Well. That's why we wanted to get this episode out, you know, this morning, but <laughs> shit happens. Uh, but anyways, uh, he's still like, I thought he would be even more than that at this point. So um, if you're hurting for quarterback, it, there's a lot that's going to go into it, right? Exemptions and stuff, possibly if he does get traded. Yeah. Suspension from the NFL. So who knows if he even plays, it's a long shot, but obviously we all know the upside is there. Well, and Tua, if he goes to the Washington football team, honestly, I think it's almost better uh, for Washington football team guys if you have, like, Terry McLaurin or anything like that because it'll be better than Taylor Heineke. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, but at least I think it's good for Tua, though, too, because, like, he's been dealing with these kind of rumors basically since his rookie year already. Um, At least if he gets traded to Washington, like, he's going to a team that actually wants him. Yeah. Um, Where it just seems like Miami's been trying to get rid of him since they drafted him. Yeah, um, would be interesting to see him at Washington and how that affects everything. I just kind of like how Taylor Heineke, just obviously the talent-wise, he's not even close. It's not really close, but he does just force the ball to Terry McLaurin yeah. and the other guys. Well, so he's fun to, nice. to play. I mean, we've said it multiple times. Like He has a kind of a Brett Favre-ness to him where he he runs around, you know, slings the ball all over yeah. the field. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining for sure. Um, all the buys this week. It's the buy apocalypse, buy Mageddon, buy this, buy that. 
what you don't want to buy is <laughs> shitty flyers for a lot of fab, and I saw a lot of that this week. But sometimes you got to buy a win. But all the teams on buy, Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, Chargers, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh, we all know this. It sucks. Um, so going to be some deep, deep flyers and guys that you wouldn't normally start on your rosters this week. But let's start right here with the Washington football team taking on the Green Bay Packers. Um, Packers are eight and a half point favorites, and the over-under is 49 points. Uh, as of right now, Antonio Gibson lists, uh, did a limited practice today, as well as Ricky Seals-Jones. So that situation continues to develop. Um, yesterday, it was seeming like he wasn't going to play. Now, it seems like he might. Um, I saw some videos of him doing drills on Twitter. It kind of looked like he was in a little bit of pain, but it almost looked more like shin splints than anything. Um, so not sure if he's going to play, but if he's already logging limited practices on a Thursday, seems like it's likely. Um, how are you guys handling that situation? Like, Obviously, you have to monitor through Friday and Saturday and, and see what the final things are. But if Gibson comes back, and it's kind of one, it might be one of those situations where he's in for a little bit, then they take him out, then they bring him back in. I mean, if you're a Gibson manager, are you starting him if he's healthy, no matter what? Oh, maybe not. If he's like limited on Friday, I'd probably not and try to get a hold of Jarrett Patterson and then just kind of see what the game time decision is. Um, I don't think it really affects JD McKissick, though, at all. I think he's still going to have the same, same type of role. Um, so yeah, I think you start JD no matter what Gibson's status is, right? Yeah, I think JD's flex. an easy flex play this especially week. this week. Yeah, uh, they have you know, uh, the probably playing from behind. He's the passing back, whether Gibson's in there or not, um, or the pass catching back. So easy start. Um, I'm thinking I'm still roll. If Gibson gets the start, I'm still going to roll with him. I'm not concerned about it. I mean, obviously he had a bad week last week, but I mean, other than that, he's still produced. Um, yeah. He's had this injury since week four. Has been, you know, before the Kansas City game, put up a combined 35 points in two games. I'm going to roll with it. Yep, and without your normal onslaught of players, you probably will be forced to, especially if he's healthy. Um, so what about the Packers? Obviously, same deal, right? Um Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers all started here. Um, Robert Tunyon, worth a stream. Probably have to with, you know, the, the bye week situation. So, um, I mean, you there's if there's a better option, you know, I'd go with it. Tunyon's not my favorite player to stream this week. But, I mean, if you have him, you know, he, you're, you're probably put him in there. And Ricky Seals-Jones, to me, is a must-start at tight end as long as he's healthy and going. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, Trey and I have said it for a couple of weeks now. Like he's literally replaced Logan Thomas in this offense, um, and done j almost j basically just good production. Still there, yeah, hundred percent of the snaps. He's a must start. Yeah. Um, and Packers secondary has been banged up too, so opportunity there. Uh, let's move on though. The Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Chiefs are five and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty seven and a half, which is the highest on the week. Now that they got us last week with that, with the Chiefs and the Washington football team, do we really think this one will be a high-scoring game? 
I, I think so, because the Titans are finally getting a little bit more healthy now, right? Um, AJ Brown is back, but Julio Jones, did he not practice again today? He got a light, light practice, and he was basically just like doing some drills on the side by himself. Well, that means he's like improving then, so the Titans yeah. will be healthy, and the Chiefs are as healthy as they can be, I guess, on offense. So AJ Brown, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry both missed practice today, but it was likely just a load management thing because um, AJ Brown was coming off the food poisoning. Almost didn't play last week because of it, but ended up playing anyways. Derrick Henry's just been Derrick Henry and taking three times the snaps of and <laughs> and attempts of anyone else in running people over. So I think it was just a rest day for him. Um, so nothing to worry about there. Um starting them all, right? Um besides maybe Julio Jones, obviously, if he doesn't play. Yeah, and Julio's I mean, I feel like you probably have to start him if he's on your roster if he does play um he's been slightly disappointing this year but i think it's mostly injury based um but i agree with trey i think it's gonna be a high scoring game um obviously last week it wasn't but all right you're it's not like we're putting the washington football team and the tennessee offense on the same playing field here so you know. yeah yeah it's still it's basically you know it'll be the, the the tennessee offense that we know for sure at least those big three will be out there um i think ryan Tannehill's a, a good start obviously with the points to be scored Probably a lot through the air, hopefully. I mean, maybe even to Derrick Henry <laughs> at this point. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, I believe is good to go. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you're starting. Uh, anyone you're not starting? Michael Harbin. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's one of those, like, I understand, like, some people, you know, it should be high scoring and whatnot, and he's actually getting red zone looks, like, at least one every week. Which is good, but I just, it's just too dicey for me. Yeah, Daryl Williams must start, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Um, well, let's move on then. And Tyreek did not practice today. Um, I assume he's going to play. He played last week Yeah. with it. So I'm sure it's just rest. to make sure it's rest. Yep. Um, that happens a lot with those veteran guys that are, you know, the main playmakers. They get that extra day of rest usually if they're a little banged up. Uh, Atlanta Falcons taking on the Miami Dolphins. Falcons are two-and-a-half-point favorites right now. The over-under is 47-and-a-half points. Um, let's see. Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage are both back at practice off the injury list, so they're good to go. Matt Ryan's had a couple – Pretty good back-to-back games. Uh, how do you guys feel about him going up? How do you feel about the passing attack, I guess, as a whole, uh, going up against the Miami defense who's been a bit vulnerable against the pass? Yeah, it looks good all around. He, he's getting guys back, and he's heating up. He's had two good games. Um, everybody was pointing out the other day that Matt Ryan's finally getting used to a new offense. It seems like he's settling in more, and now he's getting his players back. So... Um, why wouldn't it be a good game for him? I think it's going to be a good game for both teams, really. But we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, both defenses are pretty bad. Um, it should be a pretty high-scoring game. Easy points all around. Uh, Calvin Ridley's going to be an obvious star if he plays, or he will be playing. He's off the injury report. Uh, he's a you know a target monster when he's there. Uh, I'm holding off on Russell Gage. Just I need to see something from him this year before I go down that road. Pitts? Pitts, of course you're starting Pitts. I mean, you'd probably drafted him in like the fourth or fifth round. Cordell? 
Of course, he's averaging 23 points a game since week two. Mike Davis? You know, Trey and I had this debate in our uh, non-episode last night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that we recorded about how 20 minutes before we <laughs> realized that uh, <laughs> the thing was not recording. Yeah. So. But uh, I think you know I think Trey flipped me. I'm not a big Mike Davis guy, but he's actually been con- con- uh, consistency. We, Jesus, been consistent this year with about 10 points per game. Um, that's you know that's a low end. That's kind of a flex play for most weeks, and that's not bad. You get 10 points a week in a week out of a guy. I mean, I can roll with that. Do I- you agree? Oh yeah, I totally agree. I, honestly, I'm like out of all these guys, though, someone kind of has to like bite the bullet and not. Um get as much uh, as many touches right and I think out of all those guys this week it, it could be Cordero I don't know it just feels like it always is him anyways he always comes in and does decent for a team whether it's like kick returning or whatever then he kind of gets shafted it's just like the story of his career so I kind of feel it coming for him hopefully not he's been pretty much the fantasy darling um this year uh what about on the Miami side do you dare to start anyone outside of Gesicki Oh, yeah, I'd triple-double dare to start Tua. <laughs> triple that's going to be my start of the triple week. Triple-dog, double-dare, no takesy-backsies. No, no takesy-backsies. I'm, I'm diving in um, small sample size, but I'm I'm pretty convinced. See, I think you're diving in headfirst to the shallow end. <laughs> 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 um, I'm not a big Tua believer. I mean, it, yes, he's had two very – the two games he started this year and played the whole game, he played very well. I'm just not a believer yet. Uh, I could be wrong, and you know maybe I'll eat crow on this, but right now I'm off the Tua train. It's just a bad defense, and this is pretty much his third game of the year. So I, I just think it's a good opportunity for him. He can definitely have a bad game, but it looks pretty bright for him, at least in my eyes. Uh, what about Jalen Waddle? Would you start Jalen Waddle then? I think he's probably a flex option this week with all the buys. Oh yeah, definitely like a flex worthy player for sure. And he gets a lot of targets, not not that much uh target depth, but those targets led to two touchdowns last week, so it's definitely worth it. Uh he's definitely a boomer bust play. Um you know, if you have to put him in there, I mean you're hoping for the boom. Hoping for the boom, baby. All right. Um <clears throat> the running back situation you want to avoid. Jesus Christ, run and hide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have to force Miles Gaskin into your lineup this week because of the running back situation and all the buys, I guess. But I would look to not do that if any way possible. Um, the Jets are taking on the Patriots. Yay! <laughs> Can't wait to watch this one. No, uh, but New England seven point favorites. Uh, over unders forty two and a half. Um. There's yeah. a corner of our country right now really excited to watch this game. I'm yeah, excited. I know. Yeah, <laughs> one one whole corner is just waiting to watch. We're this on the other side of game. it, so that's why my opinion is that. But I get it. Um, are there any fantasy relevant players though this week? Um, for which team? For the Jets. It has to only be Corey Davis, <laughs> right? I mean, besides that, you really have to kind of think. Um, the I think, running back situation is horrible. Will, will, um, will eventually break out a little bit, but uh, Elijah Moore, that is. But even rookie. then, his, his yards per carry—I don't mean to cut you off—it's like it's so dismal. 
Well, he's uh, the receiver, the rookie. Uh, but Michael Carter is the oh, Michael Carter is what I'm thinking, thinking of. Yeah. yeah, Michael Carter is probably a, a stream this week, a deep stream. If you know you need a running back, I think um, Corey Davis. I think is startable at receiver. You got to wait and see on Elijah Moore. And that's about it. I mean, I guess Zach Wilson. If your league is all the quarterbacks are gone. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'd almost want to like start a backup, hoping someone gets injured. <laughs> um, all it's right. not that bad, but that was an exaggeration. On the Patriots side, though, um, Damian Harris, for sure. Uh, the Jets are the worst team in fantasy football against running backs. He should have an easy hundred-yard game and a touchdown. Just you know, you pray to God he doesn't fumble, and that way he stays on the field. Is uh, Ramadre Stevenson worth a flex as well this week? I say yes if it is a deep league and you are hit hard by the buys at running back. I think you can flex him. Yeah, I can buy into that. With the game script most likely favoring the Patriots really early on, he'll probably get more carries than he usually would. So I I can see that, especially at goal line carries. So. Uh, Jacoby Myers was only on the field for 63% of snaps last week against Dallas. Um, that was the first time he was below a 90% snap share. Are you guys worried about starting him at all? Yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, Would you consider a flex though at this week because of all the buys? You might have to. Um, the other issue, like that might end up being just like, you know, a one-off game where he was on the field for that small amount of time. The other issue I have is like this week, just doesn't seem like the game script is going to go their way in terms of passing offense. It should be a running game for for New England, and uh, yeah, I, I just wouldn't expect Myers getting many targets in this. Bill's going to run the ball if he can, you know. <laughs> I mean, so we know that for sure with a rookie quarterback. Uh, moving on though, the Carolina Panthers taking on the New York Giants. Panthers are three point. Favorites, the over-under is 43 points. Uh, Saquon was out again, uh, did not practice today, still dealing with that ankle. Uh, Still hasn't been officially ruled out, um, but it's not looking great. Um, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Darius Slayton, uh, they all missed practice as well, and they're all expected to miss the game. Um, So in my opinion, Sterling Shepard's a must-start. What what say you? Oh, yeah, he definitely is, and I already know you guys' reaction because of our not recording from yesterday. But I I think Evan Ingram is going to creep into the picture. Yeah. If all of these guys. <laughs> hey, someone has to be um be reliable, right? And it's it's going to be him if those guys are all injured. Not reliable, but someone who's <laughs> he'll be targeted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Someone familiar has to be out there, and it's going to be him. So. Honestly, yeah. I'm I would bet more that Sterling Shepard gets twenty targets before Evan Ingram gets five. Uh, I mean, Evan Ingram will get targets, just won't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. Um, but I do agree with you, James. There, uh, Sterling Shepard is a must start this week. Yeah. He had fourteen targets last week in his first game back. Uh, he's clearly the receiver number one in the offense with all the injuries. So, easy start. Uh, Devontae Booker, throwing him back in there. You probably don't have a choice. Probably don't have a choice. Uh, between injuries and the bye weeks, I mean, 
who the hell else are you going to be able to put in there? Yeah, on the Panthers side, DJ Moore must start, right? Uh had a couple of bad had a couple of bad weeks. Um same with Sammy Boy, but I still feel like you have to start DJ Moore against this defense without a doubt. Can't start Robbie Anderson, that's for sure. Um and Chuba Hubbard is a really good start as well. Sam Darnold, honestly, is not like a horrible like uh, person to pick up if your quarterback's on by this week. I know yeah, he's had some bad weeks, but like you were saying, he might bounce back. He He's due for it. He was playing well before that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he's a pretty good streaming option this week, too. It is a poor defense. Um, I th- you could. I mean, there's much worse options for sure. Oh, show. Okay, well, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Taking on the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Ravens are six and a half point favorites. The over under is forty seven points. Uh, on the Ravens side of the ball, it looks like it really felt like they really focused on running the ball last week against uh, the Chargers, and they kind of dominated that game, both on offense and defense. Um, so the passing game wasn't really great last week. Um, but overall, they had a great game. Who we liking? I mean, okay, so Lamar Jackson, automatic start. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, automatic start. Then we get into questionable territory. Do you start Devonta Freeman? Yes. I think so, too. If Latavius Murray misses the game. If Latavius is out, he's he's a must-start. Um. Oh, yeah. Rashad Bateman, for me, is also a start. I think he's flex-worthy for sure from here on out. You see, you you heard it here first. I'm telling you, Rashad Bateman, you can go ahead and start him this week and feel okay about it. Um, he's going, He's going to take a big share of this receiving work. That's why they drafted him. He has the ability. He's a bigger-bodied receiver, a little bit taller than Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Hopefully he doesn't drop the ball as much as the other guys as well. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, for me, Rashad Bateman's a flex. I don't know where you guys stand on that, but that's where I stand. Um, Mark Andrews must start. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mark Andrews is, like, um, rivaling as one of the best tight ends in the in the league so far, fantasy-wise. Meanwhile, George Kittle, I feel bad for anybody who drafted him with his ADP. Yeah, tough. Um, what about on the other side of the ball? Um, Jamar Chase, is he still a must-start, even though you know the guys in, in L.A. didn't have a great time against the Ravens last week? Do the Bengals get it done, at least their main guys, Jamar Chase? Well, I think this game is going to be super high-scoring. Uh, okay. Like AFC North rivalry over game. the forty seven, you take the over. Oh, for sure. If the over under was like fifty five, I'd still take it. Um, Whoa. The, the Ravens have scored like around thirty points the last like four times they played the Bengals, and the Bengals finally have a good enough offense to compete with them. I'm not gonna like go down that rabbit hole, but basically, I think you can start Jamar Chase, T Higgins. Uh, obviously, Joe Mixon's a must start, but. It's it's looking like really good for those guys. It's gonna look good for both offenses, I think. Like four so touchdowns you would, each. You would stream Joe Burrow without thought. Yeah, I think you have to. I think he's like guaranteed like three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Okay. 
Tyler, what say you on the Bengals side? Same feeling? Uh, no, actually, I think this is going to be a much more defensive game. Okay. Um, Baltimore has a very good defense, and Cincinnati has an underrated defense so far this year. So I think that I would like to take the the under on the on that forty seven points. Oh, what are we betting? What are you guys gonna bet? <laughs> uh it's illegal. My to bet laptop Washington. charger. <laughs> <laughs> bet um, a cigar. Hey, we can do that. It's friendly. Sure. All right. <laughs> sure. Shake on a cigar. I'll bring you a black and mild. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of starting Jamar, Jamar Jamar Chase, of course you're starting Jamar Chase. Like you have to. There's no way you're not going to put him out there. I'm just worried about him having another big game. I think he's going to um, you kind of come back down to earth a little bit here. All right, that's fair. Um, Eagles take it on the Raiders. The Raiders are three-point favorites. Over-under right now is 49 points. Um, so, you know, starting on the Raiders' side of the ball, I think Derek Carr is a really nice stream this week. Um, even though the Eagles have been more vulnerable on the ground, right? Um, I believe that is correct. They've been, uh, not great against running backs. Um, so how do you feel about Josh Jacobs? Um, at this point, he's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry this year, uh, with his out largest out at, uh, output being 53 yards last week. Um, so he's not getting the big games in terms of yardage, but he does get those goal line carries and the TDs have saved him. You don't want to rely on touchdowns. I feel like in fantasy football, but he is still an RB one against a defense that hasn't been great against the run. Yeah. I call him like a RB like 0.75 at, at this point. If that even like makes sense, like, the other point two five is going like Kenyon Drake, so they're not like really splitting. So yeah, I think he's still RB one. Josh Jacobs is running behind a patched up line right now. They're trying to figure out what they're doing under a new head coach who seems to want to use him more than John Gruden did when he was healthy. So uh, we still have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, um, I'm certainly worried about him going forward. I mean, three yards of carries, like even if with a bad offense line, three yards of carries is not good. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm super worried about it. Hopefully they can turn around somewhere, and we'll see. But well, honestly, at best right now, he's a flex play week in and week out until we start to see something else. Yeah, and that's almost how he was drafted because he did fall in drafts this year. So, I mean, if you're considering flexing him, I think he's a definite flex. But I think he can fill in, too, on the bye weeks for RB2s. Um, well, you probably don't have a choice on that matter, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like, in terms of looking at his production, he's a flex play. For sure. Uh, Eagles are giving up the six most points to running backs this year. So, um, if there's a week to to play him confidently, this is definitely one of them, I think, at this point. Uh, but how do we feel about through the air? Already said we like Derek Carr, but uh, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs has been surprisingly pretty good. I think he's up there on the list for air yards in the whole league. Um, Highest average depth of target in the league right now. Um, <clears throat> out of the four guys for average depth of target, it goes one, Henry Ruggs, and Brian Edwards is fourth. But Henry Ruggs is the one getting more targets. And uh, when someone's getting about five targets a game with like 23 average yards of 
depth of target, you kind of have to at least put him in your flex. It makes him a boomer bust guy, but it's, yep. that's how that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, he's you know right behind guys in air yards like Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. Um, he's ahead of guys like Hollywood Brown, Devonta Smith, Antonio Brown, Metcalf, Deontay Johnson. So, um, definitely flex worthy, I think, at this point. Uh, but how do we feel about Darren Waller? I mean, it's been quiet since his 19 target game in week one. Obviously, he's a must start, but if he's on your roster at this point, are you looking to move him? Potentially? Uh, Yeah, actually, I would. I mean, it depends on what you can get. Right. Um, But I think based off his previous production, um, plus you know, the name recognition, if someone gives you like... Uh, you know, an RB two or a flex player uh, with like a receiver number one. I'm t- I probably take that deal. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you do at this point. Um, Trey, what what do you think? Being the Raiders homer. Oh, yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Honestly, it's um, it seems anyone too good to be can true. Get moved, right? Yeah, anyone, anyone can. Anyone can get it. Now, in true in true <laughs> Al Davis fashion, honestly, but um. Yeah, if you can get good value for him, why not? It, it's it's almost seemed too good to be true for this long, anyways. But um, might as well capitalize on his what his worth is right now in case it ends up tanking over the next four weeks. And there's been some like younger tight ends kind of breaking out this year. It sucks because some of them have gone down to injury, like Dawson Knox. Um, Max Williams was kind of breaking out a little bit in Arizona. Um but both out for the season. So, I mean, point being that if you do trade away a, a stud like Waller, it seems that there's a little bit more streaming potential in the guys that you can just go pick up this year rather than there was rather than like last year. And to counter all of our arguments, so he is under contract for a couple more years. Like the Raiders did give him a nice little contract because they like him so much. It's it's a cheap well, contract for how good he is, but I mean, obviously, they're interested in using him for how cheap he is. For, um, yeah, I mean, the whole organization loves him, but Gruden, it was Gr- he was Gruden's guy, you know what I mean? So we'll see how that changes things with Gruden out the door, but um at this point if you're if you're planning on holding, you got to hope that um he picks it up a little bit. Did he go from being Gruden's guy to Rich's bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn! Jeez. I'm sorry. I want to take that back. That sounds horrible. <laughs> On the Eagles' side, uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts has been, um, just ridiculous. Matchup proof. Awesome for fantasy football, and not the, the same in real life, which is scary because you know if you have him on your dynasty team or something, it's pretty hard to trade a guy who gives you a guaranteed twenty plus a week. Um, at any position, but he also hasn't been like great from a real life football perspective, and that worries me for long term leagues, dynasty leagues, stuff like that. But for right now, he's a must start no matter what. Um, but how do we feel about the receivers this week? Devonta Smith, anyone else? Go dare, go dirt. <laughs> Goder's stock obviously rises with Ertz being gone now, uh, so I think he becomes a must-start, must especially with the tight end like Barron situation it is, and it has been in fantasy for years. But um, and Devonta Smith, hey, I think is the guy, only can you one. Give me that, another beer, thank you. He's Devonta Smith's the only one I think you can start. 
Did I just become Jim's bitch? <laughs> <laughs> You're the closest to the fridge, so that's what happens. Um, yeah, for me, um, Goat Air is a must-start, just like Trey. Um, I am a little bit worried about Devonta Smith. Um, last week, everyone was like, he's going to have a huge night against Tampa Bay. Um, I think we even said that as well, and he didn't. Um, it kind of seems like defenses are keying in on him from my opinion, my perspective. Um, cause he really has been kind of their number one guy on the outside. Um, so in my opinion, he's still a, a must start just because of the potential, but, um, that is something to keep an eye on. You know, if, if no one else can, if Rager or Quez, Watkins can't emerge as another target, another threat on the outside. It's going to get really tough for Devonta Smith because teams will just double team, key in on him. Um, and there you go. So Jalen Rager, step it up, dude. He's not worthy, man. Not I'm worthy. telling you. I, know. It, I, I, know. Just, I wouldn't a, stick around on that guy. No, I've. he's not on any of my teams, but. You know, he's not on anyone's. He, he was I, a first-round draft pick. You expect more from him. He just needs – Devonta Smith needs someone else there to kind of balance it out a bit because it's not like he's a huge possession guy that can just body people and – you know what I mean? No, like, he was like 175 pounds. It, yeah, so it can be tough when a guy like that is getting double-teamed and shit. Well, hopefully that's what uh, Godair is going to be. Uh, he He was activated off the COVID list. Uh, he didn't. He did very light work off the side on his own. I think they're just easing him back. He should be an. He'll be a must start, and he should be honestly a top eight tight end the rest of the year. Nice, uh, Miles Sanders. How do we feel? You have to against the Raiders. They're giving up a lot of points to running backs, but who knows? Maybe maybe it'll go to Gainwell instead. Honestly, I'm praying for Miles Sanders to do something. I don't know what Nick Sirianni is doing over there. Again, I think I said it on our waiver wire. The as long as we don't go over seventy five percent in one direction with our offensive plays, um, passing versus running, it's like that doesn't make sense. Um, if you know football in any way, uh, especially yeah. in the pros, like that doesn't even really work in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I pray he does. He's playing a poor uh, defense, and when he he when he gets the opportunity, he produces. He's averaging four point seven yards a carry. The number one guy in the NFL is. Uh, in terms of you know rushing leader is Derrick Henry. He's averaging four point eight. Yeah, come on, like give him the damn ball. Yeah, that's the thing though is the difference in carries. You know what I mean? That's why for sure. I'm just saying like Derrick Henry. It just different. shows like you're, he's averaging almost five yards a carry. He's being productive when you give him the yeah. chance. Like why are you not giving him the ball? Yeah, can't ask much more out of him outside of what he's doing. So I mean. Get him the ball. See what happens. Maybe it'll work. Maybe you'll win some games. All right. Uh, Lions, Rams. Uh, he's a must start, by the way, at that point. Uh, Lions, Rams. Uh, the Rams are 15-point favorites. <laughs> um, and the over-under is 50-and-a-half. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. So all the Rams should be started. Um, how do you guys feel about Robert Woods? Worried. 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 He just, I mean, he's had the one game. Target share is not really there this year. They seem to be, you know, it's a Cooper Cup show essentially in the passing game. And then they're relying a lot on the run. Uh, they have a pretty good, you know, two-headed backfield between Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. I'm super worried. He hasn't shown me anything yet this year. 
Yeah, he's still averaging seven targets per game on the season. And he has 18 more than the next receiver. So I I still think he's, um, you know, a solid flex. um, Low-end wide receiver, too. And I think that's probably where he'll stay for most of the season. But I think you can bet on 10, 11 points most of the time from Robert Woods. So it's a decent floor flex low-end wide receiver two option for me at this point. And then if he gets in the end zone, nice, you know. Um, Trey, any other different thoughts? No, not really. I'm I'm really curious if Jared Goff, like, for some reason gets a fire under his ass on this game and, like, just wants to, like, prove everyone wrong. Like, he hasn't been with how he's been playing. But this this game will definitely be watched because, you know, Stafford versus Goff and their old teams. Yeah. And I'm curious if he's, like, if, if it's any time in his NFL career, he should be really motivated to really, like, kind of show up. It should be this Sunday. So I'm curious if he plays better. I think he'll be motivated, but I don't know if he can do anything yeah. about it. You know? <laughs> you know, the funny thing, everyone is building this as the Matthew Stafford revenge game. It's like, what are you, like, Matthew Stafford has no ill will against Detroit. He loves Detroit. You know, he wanted yeah. to make things work there, and he was open to the trade. Jared Goff feels like he got spurned by the Rams. Like, why is this not? Yeah. This is the Jared Goff revenge game. If there right. is a game that he's going to go off, it'll be this one. Right. I mean, yeah. Stafford's pretty happy with where he's at. I don't think there's even any evil intentions, <laughs> you know, or evil vibes coming from Stafford at this moment. But no, Jared Goff didn't go to the press and say, I want to pinch myself. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Stafford will still want to put up a big game, though, just because um, he's a competitor. That's just the type of guy he is. Um, And why not against the Lions? Like, just unleash it all. You know what I mean? Let her rip. So um, I'm starting Stafford, Coop, Robert Woods, um, Daryl Henderson. Absolute must start. Um, And probably Higby because there's just, you know, tight ends suck. I was just waiting for you to say Higby. I swear you're like you're obsessed with him. Like I was. He's with... a decent floor guy at the tight end position. I oh, I know. I just I just feel like I, every time I hear his name, it's from Tyler. Tyler it, it just probably loves is. him. Well, you know, us Tyler's gotta stick together. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about on the line side though? Are you going there at all with anyone? I mean, DeAndre Swift, I think, is a must start, right? Um, Jamal Hawkinson Williams. must start. Jamal Williams, you're starting. He's not like a must start, but he's someone you can slide in there and just kind of hope that he produces. He he's been weirdly consistent. Uh, we, we we've talked about it a couple of times already, especially early on in the season. How Jamal Williams just tends to stick around and just get yards and touchdowns and just kind of and snaps, just kind of be there and force it to be a committee, whether they want it to be or not. Yeah, I think on a week like this, you can you can you can go that route and throw him in and and see what happens. It might be one of those weeks where. They just give up on even trying to win the game and don't want to bang up Swift, so Jamal Williams gets a lot of work. Could could go that route. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a few guys for the Lions you could play this week. Jamal Williams being one of them. One of them. Amon Ross St. Brown could be another. I think yeah. like they're going to get dominated this game, but then you're going to you know be up by so much, you're going to get garbage time points, and you know garbage time points still count as points in fantasy football world. So Yeah, we like those. We'll take them. Um... Wow, even bigger spread here. The Houston Texans taking on the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. The Cardinals are 17-and-a-half point favorites. 
which side do you guys take on that, by the way? On a big spread, like big spreads like that, do you take? I'm, I'm taking Houston on that. You have to. You just have it's to. It's the NFL, and Houston's been actually relatively or pretty competitive this year so far. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're not getting. I mean, they're not good, but they're not getting destroyed week in and week out either. I mean, seventeen and a half is crazy. That's pretty big. Well, as long as Davis Mills doesn't get shook up by the defensive line, which is like going off this year, a bunch of sacks, they will definitely cover that. Uh, over under is forty seven and a half points. Um, Zach Ertz, I believe, is playing this week, right? Yeah, there's like no report. I like I haven't looked today, but yesterday when I was looking, it still had everything posted for his week prior, saying he was gonna be he wasn't gonna be able to play for Cardinals after playing Thursday night. But I saw no update for what it's gonna be this week. It was crazy. Should be good to go. I would think so because I think he just had to not he couldn't play last week obviously because he already played within the same week for another team. He should be good to go. I like Zach Ertz this week. Uh, he's a start for me at the tight end position. Um. Um, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins starting. Do you like any of the other receivers this week? Unfortunately, I mean, as much as I want Rondell Moore to be the guy, he's not. Christian Kirk is like solidifying himself as that guy. Uh, who knows how consistent that'll be, but that's the one you'll, you'll start with more confidence this week. Definitely over Rondell Moore. Yeah, the one thing I was noticing with this offense is like they were starting to get Max Williams involved, and then he went down with a season-ending injury. Then they kind of started to look Rondell's way and Christian Kirk's way a little bit more, try to uh, fill that void. But then they traded for Zach Ertz, and like now Zach Ertz is taking that Max Williams role. It makes me a little bit worried for Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. For sure, especially after you saw Zach Ertz, like when he got his chance, like look like the Zach Ertz of old. He, yeah, looked good. I mean, he, I mean, Zach Ertz didn't just fall off a cliff. He had a bunch of like nagging injuries the last couple of years. I expect him being healthy to, you know, flourish in this offense. Um. Okay, I'll just say it now. Ertz had a twenty-two point two percent target share in the red zone on the Eagles, um, and I think that could. Um, carry over to to the Cardinals honestly um and he was effective with it so that was one of the top that's one of the top target shares in all the offense between like uh running backs receivers uh and tight ends so um who so are you starting Christian Kirk Rondell Moore or are you benching those guys I consider Kirk a flex play at this point I'm benching Rondell Moore and what about AJ Green He's receiver two. That dude, like, his floor has been insane this year. Yeah. He's had two bad games. You kind of have to start him at this but point. But out of that, he had 12 points, almost 14, 15, 16 points. Like, that's crazy production, especially for a guy, like, for, you know, the first three or four weeks, I was like, get rid of AJ Green. Don't do it. It's not going to last. And, like, he just keeps doing it. And I'm, you know, basically slapped in the face with it because I was all about Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore for a while. And... But nope, there's AJ Green, just old reliable. He's yeah. like, he like he took over the Larry Fitz role in this offense. He's kind of you know he's the type of receiver you can throw the ball up and let him go make a play, which I feel like works well with Kyler Murray being, you know, he's Kyler a Murray. shorter he's a shorter <laughs> guy, right? Um, and he can, let's be honest, it affects your vision and being able to see guys open. 
So those types of receivers, I feel like, are a little bit more comfortable for Kyler Murray, like a DeAndre Hopkins and an A.J. Green, because they'll go make a play um, whether the guy's on them or not. Houston side of the ball, uh, anyone outside of Brandon Cooks? I mean. I don't know, not really. I, I just wanted to say that if Chase Edmonds still looks like banged up uh, coming into the week, J- James Conner looks like a, a real nice play. You're probably not able to like pick him up, but if you have him, you'd be able to actually start him with more confidence than usual. He's already the goal line vulture, and if Edmonds isn't getting all like the regular carries, then I assume he would take him. Yeah. Um, Chase Edmonds for me is a a, a start. Uh, really, you can start both those running backs. Yeah, if he plays, is the issue. He had he's list uh, gone back to back limited practices so far this week. Um, and he's been dealing with this for a while. This is, could be a game where they're like, hey, let's just rest you and get you back healthy before you know why. Like we don't need to play you against the Houston Texans. Right. Um. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Chicago Bears and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers are twelve and a half point favorites. Over under is forty seven points. Uh, Antonio Brown missed practice again today. He's questionable. Um, if he comes back and is listed as good to go on Friday or Saturday, are you plugging him in? No doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. He, of the three receivers, he's the one I, I like the most, and have liked the most he's been the most I wouldn't say consistent but the one with the most promise I think and he's Tom Brady's best friend apparently so yeah I think all three you must start week in and week out for sure I mean Antonio Brown you know only plays about 50% of the snaps but when he's in the game he's the one being targeted out of the three uh running back situation for net is a must start Ronald Jones is a must sit um, till further notice, uh, Tom Brady, go ahead. Uh, Chicago Bears side, Damian Williams, uh, still on the COVID list. He apparently can't be cleared until Saturday, uh, because he's unvaccinated. So he has to go the full 10 day quarantine, uh, regulation. Um, so at this point he might not be playing. I mean, because he's not going to be practicing all week. Uh, it's looking weird. Um, so what are you doing with that situation? I mean. Well, I'm waiting until Saturday. If that's the first day he'd be cleared, then they'll either clear him on Saturday or he's not going to play. Like, it's, it's, I think it's pretty, you know, cut and dry there. With Khalil Herbert looking pretty decent, I mean, do you have any hesitations of starting Damian Williams? Let's say he's cleared Saturday. And they say he's good to go. You're not hesitating at all. That's what it sounds like. No, not really. I mean, they both produced when they played together last time. Um, you know, they kind of split carries, but they both really produced. Now, what makes me hesitant about starting either one is they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. I was like, Khalil sounds like a good play, um, especially if Damian's out. But against Tampa Bay, and that rushing defense and that front seven. I don't know. I mean, you probably have to with everyone on by, but I'm not happy about starting it, starting either one of them. Uh, on the receiving side, seems like they're trying to throw the ball around a little bit more. They're going to have to this week if they want a shot at winning. 
Um, does that open the door for for you guys on Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney? I think so. I think you have to at least consider both of them as like flex options at the least. I like Darnell Mooney more at this point, but we were talking earlier how Allen Robinson has a, a weirdly large target well, share. Here, for... Here's the uh, breakdown between both of them. Um, Darnell Mooney's ranked fifth in the entire NFL in target share. Um, Allen Robinson is further down the list. Where is he? Hold on. Like, weren't we like just talking about this before the podcast, right? Like how he he's above guys like Jamar Chase and stuff as far as you know, a target share that he's getting, but obviously the production is just just not there. Yeah. So Darnell Mooney's ranked uh, fifth, and Allen Robinson's ranked eighteenth in target share. And that's kind of crazy because Allen Robinson's ahead of Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown, Sterling Shepard, uh, even Darren Waller. Um, but the production isn't there. But that also can be, I think it's a bit inflated, you know, with Darnell being at five and Allen Robinson being at 18 because they haven't passed the ball a lot. There hasn't been a ton of attempts. So I think those numbers are a bit inflated, but, point of the story is um those are their two guys right when they're going to throw the ball it's it's going to one of them um so with that being said Tyler are you comfortable like not comfortably but are you starting Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney with 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 the matchup uh I'm with Trey here I I like Mooney a lot more just because he's showing more consistent production but yeah I think they're both you know startable players flex worthy players for sure yeah, for me, it's like, uh, I don't want to, but you kind of have to at this point this week. Um, but if you can avoid it, I would probably avoid it. <laughs> well, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, most likely, right? They're not going to be winning this game, I don't yeah, think. So. They're, they're going to have to throw the ball. Like, if Allen Robinson and Darnell can't produce from a fantasy standpoint this week for – seriously do not start them again for the rest of the year until they do you know what I mean that's how I feel like I was already saying last week like I'm not starting Allen Robinson until he shows me something but against Tampa Bay I think the opportunity is there uh Indianapolis Colts taking on the 49ers Sunday night football Niners are four point favorites over under is 44 Elijah Mitchell um I think is all the way back seemed like they were kind of trying to ease him in last week with that shoulder injury, but should be good to go with another week. Um, so is he just a must start no matter what for you guys this week, Elijah Mitchell? Mitchell? Oh, God. I, I don't like saying must start about any 49ers running back. It, it's so hard to predict, I so I, w- I will not say that. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, he's a must start. Um until further notice, I mean, I think someone's got to take over in this backfield. It's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but just wait. Jeff Wilson's coming off the IR like a week or two, and that's nah, gonna... late November. Late November? Yeah. Hey, let's go. We got, you know. Trust me, weeks. I got him on like every team in the <laughs> IR. <laughs> I've been keeping an eye on that. He's like, 
<laughs> it was it was fantasy championship week. Let's go. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be late October, early November, and it recently got put he's not progressing as fast as they thought he would. He's not supposed to be back, Jeff Wilson, that is, until late November. So Yeah. Um holding on. I'm with Trey though. Definitely definitely not a must start. So Mitchell got forty four snaps last week versus Trey Sermon's only two, which that's concerning, but that also Trey Sermon seems to like put himself in the doghouse somehow and every week in practice, but then like he'll come back and he'll, you know, get half the carries. So it's a must start. No. Um, I mean, if you, you probably have to, uh, you know, throw Elijah Mitchell in your flex. I hope you don't, but you know, do what you gotta do. Yeah. I think you can start him though. Like I'd much rather start him over a lot of different, you know, the lower end options that are out there this week. Um, T.Y. Hilton's status for the game is to be determined. I guess we shouldn't skip over uh, the quarterback and receivers for the Niners. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, would you start as a streaming quarterback option? Uh, I would this week. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is actually a sneaky good stream. The Colts' passing defense has been terrible. They've been really good against the run, though. So as much as you know, Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball, uh, I think they're going to get stuffed a bunch. Probably because they have a crazy speed of linebacker with Darius Leonard. So I think the pass, passing lanes are going to be open. Debo Samuel, I expect to have a very good game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a very sneaky start this week, especially because Trey Lance is also on the injury report and does not expect to suit up. Would you be okay with flexing Ayuk this week with uh, all the buys? No. No. At receiver, there's much better options, even on a on a crappy bye, you know, bye week. I'm on the other side of that. I think you can. I think you can flex them. And really, I know that there's not any data to support that, but I think they got to get him involved. And I think if it's going to happen, it's got to happen against this crappy secondary in Indianapolis. Uh, they haven't been great against the pass. Um, so I think you can flex them with, with everyone that's out this week. You've been saying that like every week about Ayuk, though. <laughs> and you've basically got It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. You know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? Uh, yeah, on the Colts <laughs> side, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor's a must start. Um, T.Y. Hilton, he's his status is still up in the air. He missed practice Thursday. He's dealing with that quad injury. It's not looking great. Um, Michael Pittman certainly suffered last uh, week with T.Y. Hilton in the game. Um... So obviously, if if Ty is not going, Michael Pitton is an automatic start. Uh, but he, if Ty is going, would you still start Michael Pittman? Oh gosh, yeah, probably. Um, I think I think you'd have to just to see if Ty Hilton even comes back one hundred percent because when he did come back, he had to leave the game, right? Yeah. So um, you you still have to, but it, when once Ty Hilton's back, I'd be pretty wary of Pittman's usage. I'm curious what you guys think of Mo Ali Cox. Like he's pretty oh he's streamable. He's interesting. Yeah, I mean I streamed him last week and got the touchdown. It was a nice streaming option at the tight end position. I uh, I think you can stream him again this week. Um, he's always out there, always an option on the waiver wire for a streaming tight end. Well, yeah, I mean, we can talk about touchdown-dependent tight ends. I mean, he's about as touchdown-dependent yeah. as you possibly get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he gets an average of about three targets a game, but he does also has three touchdowns so far in the year. So, I mean, 
he's the type of guy, if he scores a touchdown, like, you're ecstatic because you're not expecting any other production outside that one touchdown. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's all you're That's all you're looking for. I was ecstatic when he scored that touchdown last week. I was like, yes. Um, last guy worth mentioning here, I think, is Zach Pascal. I think he's a really deep, sneaky, full PPR play. Um, he's tied for the sixth in the league right now in the red zone targets. That's tied with Keenan Allen and Tyler Higby. Um, you know, you're kind of hoping that he gets one of those red zone, um, manufactured plays and breaks it off into the end zone. Uh, but it's really deep and sneaky, but it's by apocalypse. So gotta do what you gotta do. Um, yeah, that covers Sunday night football, Monday night football, saints taking on the Seahawks in Seattle. Um, Saints are five point favorites. The over under is forty three points. Um, what are we doing here with the Seattle receivers? Um, with Geno Smith at the helm. My gut feeling tells me to like Tyler Lockett a lot more than DK Metcalf, really? and I have no reasoning behind it. I'll just be <laughs> honest. See, I kind of was on the I like DK because he's a bigger body more like possession type receiver. See, that makes more sense. I was thinking more Tyler Lockett would be like the possession type of guy. Whoever the possession guy is, is going to be the, the most beneficial person. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel better about starting DK at this point, just because like I said, the size, the size matters. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. Um, and anyways, I think he's more likely to, you know, get targets from Geno Smith because you can depend on him to make plays, um, possession catches, um, more physical. So Tyler, what um, say you? I mean, I think I'm leaning more towards DK, but I think they're both still completely playable. They both got seven targets last week. They are the only two receivers in the NFL to, or the only receivers on a single NFL team both share have a 25% target share. That's huge. They basically, I mean, that's basically the passing offense. Ty Lock is still going to gonna get his, um, he had seven targets last week, only the two catches. I don't expect that to continue to happen. I think it's just a gameplay thing. Uh, Gino didn't throw the ball all that well. So I'm not too worried about him playing in the bowl still. Uh, the running back situation, Collins is still up in the air, um, I believe to place uh Monday which yeah, uh, did not practice today. Yeah, didn't practice today, which is tough because it's going into Monday. So if you're depending if you're depending on Alex Collins at all, hopefully you picked up Rashad Penny. Um because that gives you an instant if it be, if it comes down to a game time decision, Rashad Penny gives you an instant um substitute for Alex Collins on Monday night because if you don't have one or someone that's playing in that game, you're screwed. Uh, you know, because all the other games have already happened. Um, so if Rashad Penny's still out there and you are depending on Alex Collins, pick up Rashad Penny as soon as you can. Um, that being said, if Alex Collins is good to go, I think you can start him for sure, confidently. As yeah, long as you definitely start him. As long as he's 100% healthy. 
Yeah, the Saints are really good rush defense, but you're you kind of like forced to this week with the apocalypse and um him if he is healthy taking the majority of the carries. Yeah, ability with opportunity. I know it's a pretty good defense, but you're starting him. Yeah, yeah, what you guys said. Would you be okay with Rashad Penny though? No, no, I wouldn't. That's why, like, if Alex Collins is out, um, honestly, wait until you know Sunday morning before the game start and see what his status is. If they call a game time decision, I'm just trying to pivot off the Seahawks backfield completely at that point. Because I think if Alex Collins is out. It's going to be a complete 50-50 deal between DJ Dallas and Rashad Penny. This is you know Rashad Penny's first week back from IR. Pete Carroll says he's good to go, but he basically says that to everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to count on that. Uh, what about on the other side? Can you stream Jameis Winston? You know, the Seahawks haven't been great against uh, the pass, obviously. Um, yeah. I think you can, but <laughs> it's James Winston. Yeah, I think I think you can. Um, if you're in a ten team league, though, even with the bipocalypse, you're there's probably a better route to go, just because somebody who's going to be a little more consistent. Um, I mean, as bad as the Seahawks defense had been in his past, like this was one of the games that like James was like, I could just see his mind to be like, okay, we're gonna go after this game. You, they they suck. We're gonna go <laughs> after. He throws like four <laughs> picks. You know. Yeah. Uh, let me guys ask you guys this then. Would you rather have Jameis or Tua this week? Oh, Tua. Uh, I'm, I, that's coming from the guy who is not even a Tua believer, but I'm picking Tua. <laughs> oh, man. that's Honestly, it's a decision for me. Um, How about Jameis or Derek Carr? Oh, Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr is my number Okay, well, those are two guys that are available on waivers. So yeah. if you don't want to do Jameis Winston, then just do one of those two. Yeah, for sure. Um, any receivers then? Um, Alvin Kamara, you're obviously starting. Um, Marquez Callaway. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's a good streaming option this week. You know, he's probably for sure a flex play. The, uh, I mean, the Seattle secondary is in major flux on the outside. So, is that where you would stop though? Anyone else? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, let's get into or close this thing out rather with our starts of the week. Um, starting at the quarterback position, and starting with. Well, let's go here. Let's go to Trey since we kind of just touched on that. Trey, who's your QB? Uh, yeah, so my quarterback start of the week is going to be uh, Tua versus the Falcons. Falcons are giving up 26 points a game to quarterbacks. Tua has had two um, decent games so far. He had like 22 points last week, and I think 18 points week one, the last time he was fully healthy. Jasicki and Waddle are kind of heating up, so I think it's just going to be a good game for him. It's kind of just bound to happen for Tua. All right. Uh, myself, I like, uh, my quarterback this week is Ryan Tannehill. I think he's the stream of the week during the bipocalypse. Um, Kansas city has had given up a top seven quarterback every single week until Taylor Heineke last week. Good call, Trey. Um, <laughs> uh, just got to throw some shade. Uh, but no, I think Tiny Hill is going to have a great game. Um, so yeah, 
100% start with confidence against Kansas City. Nice. Um, I'm going Matt Ryan, going to the old guy. Um, I already mentioned earlier, Miami's a very good matchup for quarterbacks, giving up uh, 21 points a game. Matt Ryan is coming off of two very good good weeks for himself. Uh, as Trey mentioned, you know he's he's getting used to this offense. Plus, he's getting his uh, weapons back this weekend: Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. But it's really just about Calvin Ridley. And uh, Matt Ryan has thrown three picks this year, but they all came against in one game against Tampa. Has not thrown a single pick the rest of the year. I'm rolling with a guy who knows how to protect the ball. Jay, running back. All right, well, for my running back, I'm going to go Joe Mixon against the Ravens. Um, I, like I said before, I really think that this Ravens-Bengals game is going to be really high scoring, unlike how Tyler thinks, but I, I just really think that's how it's going to go. And um, the, the Ravens aren't particularly good against running backs. They're giving up 18 points uh, a week to them. They're about like 20th in the league against them. And uh, Joe Mixon's getting more involved in the pass game this year, which is nice to see. He had six catches last week. So I think it's just going to be a, a good game for him. Baltimore's been giving up a lot of receiving yards to running backs, so it kind of just adds up. Oh, I like uh, running back Daryl Henderson this week. Kind of a chalky pick, but um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's really a workhorse uh, back at this point. I mean... I'm curious to see what happens next year with K-Makers coming back. Uh, but last week he had 21 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Um, he also caught two of his three targets for 29 yards and another Ted. Um, at this point he's just dominating the backfield and touches, and he's got to be played no matter what. Um, Another guy that's a little less jockey that I'll give you is Josh Jacobs. I'm I'm confident starting him this week. I think he has a big week. I think you're alone on that one there, bud. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, but I gave such a chalky first answer, like I had to throw someone else out there that's a little more no, risky. That's, it's fair. Uh, my start of the week at running back is going to be Damian Harris of New England. I mean, honestly, this is just a simple, like, oh, look who he's playing. He's playing the Jets. They give up 32 points a game to running backs. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's ridiculous. Which, hey, there's there's points there for more than one guy. There are. Right? Um, but I think this he's coming off of his best game of the year, you know, last week, 100 yards and a touchdown. I think that's easily duplicated this week. As long as he holds on the ball, as I said earlier, if he fumbles, then we're all screwed. Uh, but if he holds on the ball, I think his floor this week is 18 points. Nice. Uh, receivers. Me? Yes, it's the going. order. All right, That's all right, the order. Going. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm sticking with the Ravens-Bengals game. I, I think T. Higgins is going to have a good game against the Ravens. Jamar Chase has been on fire lately, and I just feel like it's going to bring more attention to him more and more every week, and eventually T. Higgins is going to be able to capitalize on it, and I feel like this might be the week for it. I did come across something that apparently T. Higgins is going to be the one lining up across Marlon Humphrey most of the game because of the way they line up their, um, their receivers on the Bengals, which is kind of disheartening. But I just think his time's coming. So I, I like T. Higgins this week. See, I don't think you actually have to worry about that because Marlon Humphrey's actually followed uh, Mike Williams all last week. And, so, and I could see them doing the, you know, employing the exact same defense this week with, you know, Jamar Chase going off. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my receiver will be AJ Brown. Now it's just he's on the same team as the quarterback that I picked, so this is either really going to hurt 
or it's going to be a great pick one way or the other. But, hey, we're rolling the dice. Um, Brown was supposed to really have a big game last week, but um, apparently got food poisoning heading into the game. Um, And that kind of limited, I think, what he was able to do. Almost didn't play, but ended up playing through it anyway. First half was terrible. Um, Then the second half... He kind of exploded with seven uh, receptions on nine targets for 91 yards. Um, and that was against a tough defense in the Buffalo Bills. This week he has a great matchup with the against the Kansas City Chiefs. Should be 100% healthy. You know, got another rest day today. Um, so, you know, with Julio Jones still questionable and a vulnerable defense um, in Kansas City, um, I think he's a smash play and should have a big week. Hopefully. <laughs> for the love of God, please. <laughs> that trade for me looks better and better every week, man. Yeah, I swear. I'm just banking on that. Um, all right, so I'm going a little bit to left field with my receiver this week. I was trying not to allude to it too much when we were talking about the matchups. My receiving start of the week is Darnell Mooney. Ah. So, as we know, Tampa is awful against the pass. And that might be mostly because of garbage time points, but that's fine. Again, garbage time points count. That's what we're looking for. And specifically over the last four weeks, Darnell Mooney seemed to put together pretty nice chemistry with Justin Fields. Now, as we mentioned earlier, both them have a pretty high target share, but Mooney is outpacing him. In the last four weeks, has had 14 catches, 214 yards, and a touchdown on 24 targets. Versus Allen Robinson, 13 catches, 175 yards, and only 21 targets. I'm leaning towards Mooney as the big play threat here, and I think he has another good, great game. I think you're for sure 100 yards touchdown easy. Nice. Yeah, look, we've been saying it. Uh, Darnell gets separation. That's easier for rookie young quarterbacks to see, uh, and it makes them a lot more confident throwing that person the ball that can get separation. Um, and Darnell does that at an elite level. Um, so I like the pick. Uh, tight ends. Uh, Trey. 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 My tight end of the week is, uh, my tight end of the week is going to be Mike Jasicki versus the Falcons. Once again, another Dolphins player. But him and two are linking up really nice and developing chemistry last week. He had nine targets, eight catches, 115 yards. And, um, uh, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia's tight ends had good games against the Falcons and Jasicki, I would put him up there in that tier of like good tight ends with, you know, like, the, um, Godair and Ertz and yeah. Gronk when he's healthy. So I think he, he'll be, uh, put up similar numbers that they did. Yep. Gasecki definitely a freak athlete. Yeah. And Gasecki has been quietly consistent so far this year, which is great because like the last, you know, every other year in his career, he's been like the most inconsistent tight end you could ever you know try to play with so through multiple quarterbacks too which means he is a stalwart in the offensive game plan like they're they're getting him the ball because you should get him the ball i also want to mention that trey says mike gasecki like i say tyler higby (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you guys definitely have some explaining to do with those two um my tight end will be zach Ertz this week making his debut with the cardinals a uh, bit of a risky pick, but I think it'll pay off. Uh, look, Max Williams was involved a lot in more and more as the season went on before he went down with that season-ending injury. Um, and I think 
Zach Ertz comes into that that role. Um, I think that's why they traded for him. You know, like they're not going to go trade for a guy if they think they can get that production elsewhere already on the team. So, um, I like Ertz this week. Had a twenty two point two target share in the red zone. Mentioned that earlier on the Eagles. I think he becomes that for the Arizona Cardinals as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm banking on Zach Ertz in a touchdown and. Heck, maybe two. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can't believe you just went go there. You want to go there? I want go there. going there. Well. Yeah. You going to go there? I'm going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to his uh, mate that he just left, Dallas go there. Oh, uh, shoot. He's back, he's back off of the injury report, back off the COVID list. Um, I mean, honestly, this is super easy, guys. Zach Ertz is gone. That means all the tight end snaps essentially go to Dallas Godair. Mm-hmm. More snaps, more targets, more opportunities, more points. With that being said, if you remove Zach Ertz from this offense for the entire year and add that to Dallas Godair, which is going to be the case going forward, puts Dallas Godair as the number three tight end in fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, if you put those guys together and they were just like one player, um, they would have been an elite tight end option all year. They become Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> Go dirts. <laughs> go dirts. <laughs> a couple of go dirts. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, he, I mean, he might be rest of the year, like, huge if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I said he guaranteed, you know, tight like top eight tight ends, like, the rest of the year. Probably top five for sure. I would lean more towards top five, though. Yeah. Yep, that'll that'll be scary. Um, well, let's uh, cap her off with the uh, always fun tradition of the smelly, stinkies defense of the week. Who you got this week, Sneaky Fan? I feel like it's going to be a rough week for defenses since there's so many teams on bye week. But uh, these three teams look really good this week. I think uh, the Cardinals against the Texans, the Cardinals defense has been on fire lately, and they're going up against Davis Mills has been like a turnover machine last couple games. So it kind of just adds up that they're going to have a good game. I really like the Saints against the Seahawks just because it's Geno Smith and it's not Russell Wilson. And the Saints do have a really good defensive line, so if they can get up there and pressure Geno, it could be a bad game. Multiple turnovers there also. And I've been holding on to the New England Patriots. Literally since week two, last time they played the Jets because they had 19 points against the Jets in week two. And I've just been holding them on my bench until they play the Jets the Jets again this week. So that's a must start for sure. I think that'll pay off. That's uh, quite the investment you made, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just holding that bench spot. I was undefeated, and yeah, I, I held a yeah. second defense oh, on shit. my bench. Hey, when you're just talking. Let's flex in there. Yeah, when you're just <laughs> swinging that. <laughs> Swinging that day around, dude. You can do it. Hanging to the knees. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, good luck this weekend. Find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, happy to answer any questions you guys have about your upcoming start sits. Um, so yeah, hit us up there. Give us a like, follow, whatever. And we'll catch you later. Have a good one, folks. Deuces.